0: This is Alternate Take. I am your host, Danny Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, man, we went deep into the scientific world, man. And uh, it was a huge honor to have our guest today. We had Laura Sextro, the CEO of the Unity Project, which is based out of here in Orange County, California. And it was a huge honor, man. Laura Sextro is a beast, to just put it simply, man. They sh- she was recently on the Charlie Kirk Show. She's been on Fox and Friends. I don't know how many times, um, and their organization essentially, their main mission is to fight vaccine mandates against children from kindergarten to 12th grade, which is essentially kids from zero to 18 years old, and uh, it was an amazing interview. She had a lot to say, and I was glad to host her, man. I, I, the information in here is just beyond words, and I don't even want to spill any of the beans about this, man. John, you have anything to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. Laura sounds like an incredible person. And, like, honestly, like, I don't even know like how we're still, how this is an argument or, like, how people are fighting <laughs> against this. Like, absolutely, any other time yeah. in the history of the world, like, you know, you're given data and you're like, okay, this is this, this is that. And people can make their own decisions. And now people are literally like, I don't even understand what people are arguing or fighting back against. Me like, either. Like, what are you, what are you, arguing. about Hey, that like, fact we, you're saying really pisses
0: me <laughs> off. You're like, well, alright, yeah. well. You're like, right.
1: hey, you know, well, okay, well, th- this is what I'm gonna do. No, it's not. Like, no, you can't. Like, wait, like, what? Like, it's I, don't so even, I don't understand. Man. Like, you, you can, you have to consent for your kid to get a tattoo or, like, your kid to do this or that, but for this, for whatever reason, it just becomes so politicized, like, you're either you're either this way or that way, and like if you have an opinion otherwise, that's it. Like, right? Like I don't know what you're you're arguing against. Like you sh- you shouldn't try to, I guess, do early treatment of COVID. Like, I, right? I don't, I, I don't know. People have just lost their minds, and it's refreshing when you get a person like Laura and her and Unity Project and the people behind it that are just like, hey, you know what? Like you might want a little bit more information on this before you make a conclusion. Like you've just been watching the news too long.
0: <laughs> I couldn't so. agree more and, and you know and that's what's beautiful about the unity project is it is a nonpartisan thing it has nothing to do with the political side it's not about the left or the right it's literally about concerned parents who are worried that the government is taking away decisions from how they act with their children you're allowed to make decisions with your children and I feel like it's a pretty normal thing to think and you know what it was an amazing interview and I don't even want to take away what we said so without further ado I bring to you the CEO of the unity project. Laura Sextro. Alternate take. What's up? We are back, man, and we brought you guys a special guest. We brought you Laura Sextro, the CEO of the Unity Project. Laura, how you doing?
2: Good. Thanks for having me here.
0: Of course. Thank you for coming. This is a uh, very cool. I had spoken to Dr. Peter McCullough about the last two weeks or so, and I mentioned to him, you know, about him coming back on the show because it was, I mean, after he goes on your show, it just the numbers skyrocket for obvious reasons. And um, I mentioned him who would be a better guest and who would be like more guests we should bring on. And he mentioned you, so I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that we're doing this.
2: Fantastic, I love uh, Dr. McCullough. He is a warrior and is changing the world. Thanks for, again, thanks for having us. The Unity Project has been, um, I think a, a passion project. For me, it's become a passion project. I feel like I've had no, no um, ability not to get involved in this because we started about four months ago. And as, wow. a, as a mother, we're being faced with the option of injecting our children with a experimental vaccine or having them participate in mainstream society, things like going to schools, sporting events, dances, things of that nature. And so, you know, we, I, I got into, I kind of dipped my, my toe into the water um, with an organization called Moms on the Ground. And then that morphed into um, a larger organization called the Unity Project. And we really quickly assembled a I think, a pretty robust and exciting um, strategic advisory council as well as executive board. We've got Dr. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone. I apologize. I have not been able to sleep, I think, for the last two days. We'll, we'll get into it in just a second. But we were just actually at the kickoff of the of the um, trucker rally. But um, So Dr. Robert Malone is our chief medical officer. And uh, Dr. Aaron Cariotti is our chief of medical ethics. And Dr. Paul Alexander is our chief scientific officer. And um, for those of you guys who don't know him, or those that group of gentlemen, they're fantastic. I mean, these guys are total warriors. They're out here spreading the truth, the truth about the science and the data and the medical impact, um, as well as Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Peter McCullough. They're both on our strategic advisory council. So it feels like it's been a whirlwind in the last four months trying to put all this together. And we have so many strategies, um, whether it's legal, whether it's grassroots, political. Uh, we we're not too involved in the political aspect, but we do help. Um, we're a five hundred one c three, so we only do that about twenty percent of the time.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that's what fascinated me about you guys and your project is, mm-hmm. it's only been like four months. That's yeah. crazy. Because when he was telling me about it, I, I saw the website. I saw how like beautiful it looked, how professional it looked, and I and I look and I saw you on you guys' Charlie Kirk show, mm-hmm. and I was like, how's this only four months? That's been how did it get so so good so quick?
2: You know, um, so our evolution, again, is interesting for, so going back to the the original time when we got involved with Moms on the Ground, within like 10 days, we had 30,000 followers, which I think is a testament to the fact that, you know, mainstream media would have you believe that we are isolated, and we're in the extreme minority, uh, that every parent is interested in going out and getting their child vaccinated, and, you know, doing the right thing, right? That's what mainstream media, their narrative would have you believe. But What I've experienced is it's actually the opposite. There are probably more people that are cautious and concerned about getting their children vaccinated and even themselves, right? And so we launched with about 30,000 followers. Then it morphed into the Unity Project. We were actually approached by our chairman. And we recognized early on this need to tie all these grassroots groups together because you know, they have um, we have hundreds of grassroots groups in the state of California that are in some iteration of fighting this government overreach. Right. Whether it's fighting against the vaccine mandates or fighting against masking or um, even going back to uh, like the early 2000s and fighting against the vaccine mandates back then. Right. right? And so what we realized is that these people, th- these organizations, they some of the, they're they're in different, I guess, um, iterations of organization themselves within these these grassroots groups right some of them are very very organized very professional able to execute calls to action and some or are, are not as organized but they're they're really well intended and they want to get involved and we recognize that all these groups had to have a way to collaborate and to put together a joint call to action and speak in a unified voice. And so our goal when we launched, specifically in California, was to become this conduit of collaboration and communication. And we launched with, I think, over 120 strategic uh, partners. And it's grown. We're now over, I think, 175. We, we, we have to keep up with getting all of them on our website. but um, And it's grown from just California to nationwide to now globally. Um, So we we have partners in Australia and the UK and Serbia and and other areas that are all fighting the vaccine mandates. And for us, you know, we initially started and and we we really do remain true to our initial mission, which is to fight the vaccine mandates in the, the K through 12 population. So anyone that's under the age of 18, essentially. Um, but we also recognize that there are some intersection points with masking, also with just vaccine mandates in general, right, specifically in the work pl- in the workforce. And uh, I don't know if you know, but in California, there's a new bill that is being presented, um, AB 1993, I believe. Are you familiar with this? I think it's,
0: you guys posted it on the Unity Project Instagram, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this bill is, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Um, I know that the original author is not Senator Richard Pan, but he's a co-author. And this bill basically states that anyone who engages in any form of commerce, essentially, in the state of California, you'll have to prove that you've been vaccinated. And what I mean by that is um, if you're an employee or an independent contractor – Right. So think about that for a second. If Basically an, everyone. Yeah. So if you're an Uber driver, if you're a contractor of any kind, anytime you, you're you engaging in commerce, right, in the state of California, they're saying that you now have to prove your vaccine status. Can you imagine that? That's insane. Right. And I think what's going to happen is it's going to cause either, A, a black market, or it's going to cause a mass exodus from California should this go through. Right. And, right. And, so, and then you overlay that with the other bills that are being presented, which is, um, bills that they obviously they're gonna they're gonna want to mandate that, that children in order to attend school. Uh, and that this includes private school as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I noticed that. It's a private mm-hmm. school thing too. I thought it wasn't that. I was like just send your kids to private school and do some more research, yeah. Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. and my fear is that we will potentially go the way of what France is already doing and they're saying no more homeschooling, right. So we could potentially find ourselves in a situation where in order to to work, to so make a living, you have to be vaccinated. In order to ch- uh, send your children to any for- form of school, even if you're intending on homeschooling them, you have to prove that they're vaccinated, right? I mean, now we're talking about the verging on potentially like forcibly injecting people, right?
0: Yeah, like a science fiction movie. Yeah,
2: it's it's crazy. And um, the senator Senator Richard Pan is presenting a bill that will lower the age of consent to twelve. Jesus. So, so think about that for a second. So um, I took my daughter the other day to get her ears pierced again. She's 16 and a half years old, right? So mm-hmm. she drives a vehicle. She's a capable young woman, right? She drives a car that could, could literally take someone else's life, right? If you think about it in that sense, oh, yeah. giving her that ability. In order to get her ears pierced, I had to show my ID and I had to sign a parent consent for her to get her ears pierced, right? Right. But they want in schools now to lower the age of consent to 12 for a child to engage in a decision that could harm them for the rest of their lives or end their life. <sighs>
0: my God, If I was 12 and you gave me consent, I would have gave a tattoo of Metallica <laughs> on my arm. Right? 100%. Yeah. Um, fuck it. My, I'm, I'm good. This is what I want.
2: Right. Well, think about that. So you can't get a tattoo... Until you're 18, right? Unless you have parent consent in the state of California, right? But you can go out and you can get an injection with something that no one knows what's in this. In this, um, I mean, we know that it's an mRNA-based technology, but no one has the full understanding of what are in these vaccines.
0: Right. I know they mentioned something like we won't release the full results to like 70, 80 years from now. Right. I've seen memes that say like, okay, well then that's when I'll get it. <laughs> 70, <laughs> right. 80, you know, stuff like that, which is funny, but also you know very true. I think it's very important that you guys are doing this out of California, too, because mm-hmm. um, I've driven up and down California, just like everybody else who lives here. And it's a lot more grassroots in general than it is what people think. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's just like any other state in the country where the major city tends to ruin it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and L.A. and San Francisco kind of do that for us. But everywhere else seems to be like very normal people. Right. who are behind what you guys are doing and we all know it's like the empty barrel happens to be the loudest because there's nothing right. in it yeah you know and I think that's the most important thing about what's going on um tell me about your initial stages like once you guys got built yeah. uh, how was the reaction right away mm-hmm. and you know I know that you guys mentioned the funding mm-hmm. beforehand I've seen like horror stories on like a GoFundMe where they're yeah. stopping funding for certain things I don't know if you guys went through them or how did that all come along
2: yeah, so I mean, we 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 kind of hit the ground running. We we knew going into it that not only were we going to tie all these groups together, in, in the sense of. Um, and, and let me back up and say, they're all autonomous operating organizations. They're not the Unity Project. They're just our strategic partners, and we're offering a platform for them to communicate, like I said, and collaborate. Uh, but we also knew that we had to come up with some of our own strategies. And so we have our general counsel, our president and general counsel is Parisa Fishback, and she is one of the lead attorneys that's going after the LAPD and LA Fire and other um, entities on behalf of those employees, and so we sat down and we really came up with we, what we think are going to be some interesting legal strategies, and we're working with our strategic partners to do that. You know, Calif- uh, Children's Health Defense uh, is one of them, and um, we we are recognizing that that we're seeing a lot of discrimination, and so early on we said, okay, we've got all this in front of us. How do we tackle this? And it was almost like drinking from a fire hose, right? Because we're getting hundreds, if not thousands, of emails from parents saying, can you please help us? Can you help me? I'm going through a divorce, and I don't want to get my child vaccinated, but uh, my child may be taken away from me. Or can you help me because I personally don't want to get vaccinated? Or parents are desperate. Um a lot of people don't know this, but there is a tremendous amount of funding that is happening from the state of California for school sites. Um, they're giving like L.A. Unified is something he's getting something like over a hundred million dollars to get for a campaign to get children vaccinated. They actually have vaccine bans. I was talking to someone and he great sa- tax money, Jesus right, Christ. right. Like I was talking to this guy and he said, "Oh, so it's kind of like that, you know, that creepy white van that pulls up." And I said, "That's that's literally happening." <laughs> um, he was it's he was exactly blown away. in a white van, yeah <laughs> Right they're pulling up these white vans and they're they're vaccine vans and they're lining up kids and they're vaccinating them and most i would say an overwhelming majority of those kids have had Parental consent. But we've actually seen situations where the parents did not consent and the children were just vaccinated anyway. And so, you know, parents are coming and saying, what do we do? And so, what we immediately did was we said, okay, we've got to have a resource for parents, we've got to have some type of a toolbox. Um, So, we've given uh, a toolbox that's created so parents can actually go and speak to their school boards. We've taken um, two to three minute clips of uh, the doctors and the scientists talking about the dangers of these vaccines. And they can go and actually play these uh, to their school board because you know you only get like two to three minutes to speak to your school yeah, board. S-
0: silly rules, and then and then if you say something that hurts their feelings, then you have, then they're silenced, even if it's correct.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're seeing in uh, the area that I live in uh, that school boards are just they'll, they'll just completely shut you down, or they'll go behind closed doors and have closed doors meetings, and so it's um, it's shocking considering that. Uh, and I know it sounds very c- cliche, but it's shocking considering that the people, right, are supposed to be running the government, and yet it seems to be the opposite.
0: Yeah, it's very weird that people in charge of kids like kind of want to ruin kids. I don't even understand how like, you get in that position, who votes you in, how long mm-hmm. do you stay. I don't know anything about that. Um, yeah. I think the part that was very interesting to me, too, is is not only the support you guys are getting, but the pushback. I, I, I can't even fathom the idea of parents— <sighs> Fighting to not have rights for their kids—that's yeah. just weird to me. Like, I think if anyone is a parent, you have some sort of empathy or sympathy going. Like, let's, let us at least choose what we want for our right. children. How has that been for you guys? To get all the pushback.
2: Right. Well, you know, we have—we actually have an overwhelming amount of support. Now, probably because we're—you know—it's a little bit of an echo chamber. Hmm. But we have gotten pushback, and the people that that you know, the nasty grams that we get sent to us, those people, I think, they genuinely feel as though they're doing something for the public good, which is always surprising to me because there's this concept, right? If this is truly um, running rampant through the pediatric population and you were seeing epidemic levels of, of children that were severely injured or um, as a result of the virus with long-term effects or dying, I would imagine you'd actually have parents lining up to get the vaccine. But what we know, and this is, this is amazing to me, is that if you're vaccinated, You can still acquire and transmit the virus and that is not a unity project perspective that is straight from the cdc that is a dr fauci rochelle walensky statement Um, and and so if you look at it in that sense public the, the concept of public health and safety should be off the table because you're not spreading excuse me you're not stopping the spread of the virus you're not doing anything for the good of public health and safety if you can still acquire and transmit the virus right and we also know kids are not vectors of transmission right anyone that's in the pediatric population we now know and there's scientific evidence there has been studies and i know you talked to dr peter mccullough and and you know our entire team of, of scientists and and doctors can support this through through peer-reviewed studies they're not um, the children are not vectors of transmission. We also know that anyone under the age of 18 is at zero risk, and I say zero risk, not and, and I'll and I'll say statistically zero risk. But the reality is that anyone under the age of 18. Um, it has is has zero impact because any of the deaths, and, and I haven't checked the CDC website. And again, these, these numbers are not, um, you know, Laura Sextro or Unity Project made up numbers. These are directly from the CDC, which has to be the best barometer because that seems to be the barometer the rest of the world is using. Right. Even though we know that some of those numbers are actually inflated. And I think at one point they said that they're now acknowledging that 40% of deaths that, that are being reported on the CDC website are actually not caused from uh, COVID. They're actually caused with COVID. It was with COVID, right? Rather than being a direct cause of COVID, right? So, but if you go back to that, and I think the last time I looked, it was like 900 deaths under the age of 18. Every one of those had a significant comorbidity, right? So even if you if you take that away and you say, just for for conversation's sake, okay. There's 900 deaths. If you take that and you contrast that against the over 70 million population of people that are under the age of 18 in this country, you have a mortality rate of like point zero 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 two percent Literally nothing. Right.
0: Yeah. I I mm-hmm. um I saw I read a bunch of articles that said like you need like multiple comorbidities for it to <laughs> really like be on the verge of death. Something like three or four.
1: Right.
0: Which is bananas. I actually went to go visit a family member in the hospital like a month ago. Mm-hmm um just for a surgery not nothing covid related and i went to the dining room and all these doctors with pins on their thing i'm vaccinated you know every every way you can pander right. in the world sitting without masks because apparently covid doesn't exist in cafeterias right and then they're telling children what they need to do and to me it's, it's a form of bullying i don't give a shit what anybody says that's what it is because children don't have voices and even when that's they do right. no one listens to them that's i don't right. listen to kids for shit like when and that's the truth. I'm just being honest. I have a nephew the other day that said, I don't like <laughs> onions. I said, too bad. I, extra onions on his burger because he's talking shit now. That's just, I don't, you know what I'm saying? So You if can you're come a poli- up,
2: you can come hang out with my kid then.
0: <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> how you're going to learn. Too bad. But politicians do the same thing on, just on, a, on a major scale. Right. And they're telling kids what they need to do and what they not need to do. And it's it's not their position. I, right. I, they should be looking for the better interests of children, 100%. And again, these are all my opinions right. and they, they mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. But... Um,
2: no, but I think this is all – your opinion is very relevant, and it's a, and I think it's a pretty astute observation, right? I mean, we have, we have people now, and actually we have someone who is on our executive team who's going through this with her kid. Their, their children are being sent to school without a mask because parents have decided at this point, well, if, the, if we can host a Super Bowl in the state of California – where people are going completely maskless to include the governor of the, of the state of California, right? they're going to send their kids- The mayor twice. Right, they're gonna go send their kids to school without a mask because they're essentially following the example that the government has set for them, right? Right. So when kids get to school and they don't have a mask, the school administration takes those kids and they put them in a room. And we actually have cases, these are, these are cases that we're going to start litigating, um, that are, they lock them in a room. And they don't let them leave. They don't let them leave to go get lunch or to go get water. And in in one case, they take the kids and remove them from the school but didn't allow them to get their phone or any of their personal belongings. So the child was actually left standing for four hours on the side of the road. And then what happens is the school calls Child Protective Services and says that they're reported abandoned, right? So they're now weaponizing Child Protective Services. So it's absolutely a form of bullying
0: that's what scares me the most is that they can use this somehow against you um it's not just a school thing like you mentioned earlier is if you're not getting if you're getting divorced and you're Mm -hmm. and one parent's vaccinated the other one's not that could be something that decides whether a judge gives it to that person that's Beyond insane.
2: And we're seeing more often than not, I I would say almost 99.9% of cases like that, they're being cited. It's actually being decided for the parent that wants to get the child vaccinated. And again, if you go back and you look at this, it sounds absolutely crazy to me because vaccination, the COVID-19 vaccine and the pediatric population is doing nothing. So one would have to question, what, what is the motive for that, right? And I actually have people come up to me. I was in an airport recently because we've been doing a lot of traveling and I, um, I refused to wear a mask. And someone came up and you know she said, oh my God, you need to put a mask on. She got really, really agitated. And mm-hmm. I said, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Do you, do you understand that there have actually been peer reviewed studies about the lack of efficacy of these masks? And she just started screaming and said that she knows people that have have died of COVID, right? And I thought personal experience, right? And I said, actually, you don't know a single person that's died of COVID,
0: right? None of it's proven,
2: right? Well, she she well she took a step back, like, what do I mean by that? And I said, you know, people that were probably murdered because the government has not allowed doctors to engage in the practice of medicine. And they have been denied effective early treatment plans. Correct. That could have actually saved lives. So yeah, and she seemed very shocked by
0: that. <laughs> we when, that was the one thing when we had McCullough on, I I, I really wanted to get that in audio form was his over the counter survival kit of right. what he recommended. You know the how many milligrams of vitamin C and zinc and uh, famotidine and how much you know that stops viral replication and and the betadine in the nose. And I told everybody, and it's so funny because yeah. I I remember telling my friends and my family, like this is this is audio gold. I literally just got you guys information from like the most published doctor in the yeah. world. Just I even clipped it for them. Just listen to this, yeah. And I was send it to so many people, you know, and maybe ten of them actually listened. Yeah. And well, i I can't believe the arrogance of people were like, I even if you spoon feed them, mm-hmm. this is going to help you. Right. Do this every day, you'll be all right. right. And they're still like, ah, but. You it's, know, that's your opinion. You're like, it's not
2: even my opinion. I right. just interviewed the dude. Right, and that's what's funny. I always people will say that's your opinion, and I say, well, I mean, the the inventor, one of the original inventors of the mRNA vaccine technology that's currently being used in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, he's our chief medical and regulatory officer. Malone. Right. Right. So, so I, it's more than just my opinion. Um, and when people say, you know, well, I don't know about that data, I say, listen, it's not, again, it's not my opinion. It's not the Unity Project opinion. This is directly from the CDC. Right. And I encourage everyone to go out and, and research it and look at it.
0: What I like about you guys, too, is that it is a, a bipartisan thing. Yeah. I think there's this weird thing where they try to turn it into a right-wing versus left-wing thing, and I think that's silly. Like, I think, I think a lot of the left-wing tries to do like a gotcha moment. Yes. You know, where you're like, you're not a doctor, so you know what you're talking about. And you're like, yeah, neither are you. Right. Okay, well, I'm trusting the science. Okay, well, doctors say different things. One says this, one says this. So. We're in the middle again, zero zero. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where this gotcha moment will come from, but let's stop trying to beat each other in this conversation, and let's try to look for the benefit of the good. Because there's there's a lot of doctors, at hundreds, if not thousands, who don't think the vaccines are right. actually working the way they're supposed to. So I do think that's very important because it's coming from California. Who everyone thinks is crazy in the world, in the country, and it's a bipartisan thing. That's very it important. It is.
2: It is actually um, for for I don't know. I think by this point, people who follow the new project probably know this, but our general counsel and president Parisa, is a is a Democrat, mm. and so and I tease. Her, I go, we don't hold that against you, but <laughs> but but we tease, of course. But it is. It's very much a a nonpartisan issue. I mean, the reality is that everyone and i would hope that whether you're a republican or a democrat or an independent or libertarian whatever your your beliefs are i would hope that everyone would feel as though um, parents ability to engage in informed medical decisions is is a very sacred right that needs to be maintained and i think the operative word being informed medical decisions there is not a single person in this country with the exception potentially of a few pharmaceutical executives that actually are operating under informed consent and informed medical decisions. No one knows. Truly, we have not seen the full list of what is in these vaccines.
0: Right, yeah, and that's what's that's what's bananas. And when Malone was on Rogan talking about that, that really, I think, I think those are his two most listened to episodes ever yeah. was McCullough and Malone. Yeah. And we're talking Elon Musk, like Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. I've, I tuned into the Steven Tyler episode. <laughs> oh my God, I mean, I've seen every episode. Right. It's, um, when that, when I saw those numbers, it was the truth to what you know what we're talking about, and it's exactly what you said. It's more grassroots than people think. People want to hear this stuff. It's wh- it's why the mainstream media is doing what they're doing. I mean, the mainstream media will call me racist for not calling Mexicans Latinx. I am Mexican. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. I right. I don't like to be called Latinx. Don't call me that. Right. But I'm I'm against me now. Apparently. Right.
2: Well, look at Candace Owens. Right. She's, yeah. She's a racist. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I have
0: her on my wall. She's beautiful. I love uh, her. She's great. Yeah. 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 Um. So. Tell me about the event you guys just recently had. I want to know all about that.
2: Yeah, so we were asked um, kind of uh, really well. It all came together very quickly, um, and we were asked to help uh, support and to sponsor and to help kind of launch the the uh, trucker rally that is happening trucker convoy that's happening right now. So it just launched. Um, yesterday, what is today? The twenty fourth. Yes. I feel like I don't even know what day of the week it is right now. But uh, <laughs> we went out in Adelanto, California, at the Adelanto uh, excuse me stadium, and we they launched the trucker convoy, and it was honestly one of the um, most inspiring things that I've had the privilege of being a part of since you know since we started this fight. I think it was four months ago, and I mean we had. It was the most humbling experience, and what it proved to me is that that not only are there a lot of people, a lot of people in this country that are opposed to what's going on, but people are just thirsty to figure out how to get involved. Right. Right. And so we had people. We had we had a gentleman that drove his car from um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jeez. We had someone that came in from from Washington. There, I think there was a woman that drove in from from Michigan, and. You had hundreds, thousands of people that came and donated, and it was it was so humbling. I mean, we had people that came and said, "Listen, I'm sorry I can't do more, but here's $20." Um, to, my husband was was doing a lot of the security, and there was a gentleman that came in and said, "Hey, I just I just got off work. I drove 20 miles, and I and I am sorry I can't do more, but here's here's $20." Wow. And it, I mean, it almost it it made me so emotional to see. Um, it was I. I was, you know, it was funny because we were kicking it off, um, when I was speaking to the volunteers. I said, "You guys represent the finest of what America is." Absolutely. It was incredible. So they're they're uh, convoying across the country right now. I believe that they're they're in Kingman, Arizona, and um, I'm sorry, I'm am t- getting I'm getting past a note here. Oh, great so, information! Let's live see. on the scene. Yeah, um, American truckers and allies.
0: If you want to get like cool photos and videos too throughout the, do your thing. Yeah. Get any angle you want, all that. We'll post them up and be cool.
2: Yeah. So if you go to thepeoplesconboy.org,
0: peoplesconvoy.org. Yeah. Okay. And
2: it's, so you got to start with that. So the peoplesconvoy.org. You can actually get involved, and if people want to donate, there there's a button that they can actually click, and they can donate. And I've been told that it will not go down like what happened with the, the trucker convoy in Ottawa, where right. GoFundMe actually seizes $9 million, steals $9 <laughs> so million dollars from them. Yeah, um, that's what
0: it is. It's stealing. That's yeah. what it is. That's the best oh, way to say it. That's what it is. It's stealing. It's yeah.
2: ridiculous. And it's not stealing from, from the convoy. It's stealing from the people that, that donated, that are expressing their support for what's happening, right? Right. Um, so so they're en route right now and I'm getting sent pictures and so if you if you want to give me a link, I'm happy to send you any of the pictures live. Yeah. It's 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 so inspiring. These these men and women are just unbelievable. And and I think the difference with what's happening with this convoy is it's the people's convoy. So not only did you see all of these incredible truck drivers who are kind of leading the way but you have people coming out in RVs and in personal vehicles I mean we saw I think I saw you know a couple of um, just little sedans that were in the <laughs> back with the, the you know they're all flagged up and, yeah. and they were so excited so yeah we'll send you pictures and See, we're going to be tracking it as well, and, and uh, we'll do it. We'll be doing some some live streaming kind of interviews with some of the truck drivers and some of the other people. Wow. Our chairman is actually there right now in his RV, so
0: no way. We're getting
2: yeah, we're getting live live feeds. It's very exciting.
0: I picture the scene, and I don't remember if you remember Independence Day, where they're all in the <laughs> desert and the big RVs coming down, right? That's exactly it's what so I funny. said.
2: I was so funny the night before. I was talking to our chairman, and I said, "Do you ever watch that movie Independence Day, where they're like they're converging on Area 51, and yeah. they've got." their flags and all the rvs going so that, that i feel like that's what we're gonna look like but it, it felt like it was probably more organized <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely this is the that. best presidential speech i've ever heard in that movie by far right. bar none yeah jesus
2: <laughs> that's so
0: funny um yeah i think the reason people are so attracted to us because you guys are providing a very important outlet and i think you got emotional because it gets me emotional too is because as soon as all these people come around from all these different cultures from all these different diversities you realize that again. When we said the mass media is bullshit, they're lying to you right. because there's everybody here. There's straight, gay, black, white, Mexican, yeah. everybody here, transgender, and they're all in, in cause for one thing. This is
2: it's so taking true. away our freedoms. It's so true. And and you know, yesterday I think was so representative of that. There were people from every ethnicity, and I ha- I saw people out there with gay pride flags. Yeah. I mean, everyone was out there because we recognize that what's happening is it's actually more than the vaccine mandates. Absolutely. You know, we talk about this all the time as an executive team and what, what's happening. And the fact that we continue to extend this, quote-unquote, state of emergency, which is insane to me. You can have a Super Bowl. You can have all of these things going on, but yet we're still technically under a state of emergency. Right. And the state of emergency just essentially allows the government to do things That they would not normally be able to do through because normally right if you if you without the state of emergency in order to mandate anything it would have to go through a legislative or a judicial process right right but once you overlay or in institute that state of emergency you strip that all away and they have carte blanche to do whatever they want and we're seeing we're seeing the effects of that right now
0: yeah i think of it like in a stupid analogy like as if like an uber driver is just like legitimately lying to you saying hey Mm -hmm. this road is blocked even though it's the quickest way to your house it's blocked so we're gonna go down these sketchy roads and while on these sketchy roads there's no cameras no lights nothing and that's when they can do the most messed up crap to you if they really want to And that's kind of what they're doing like dude no i can see the street it's open i don't know what you're lying to me for right um oh what do we got here i don't know top notch information that we got
2: I can't see. You don't have to I'm whisper You can just uh, say whatever you want no, to. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I couldn't read. I couldn't I, I have terrible eyesight. <laughs> oh, man. I'm the worst. Trust me. I, I, I should be wearing my glasses. We had handicapped people
0: out there. Women were. Oh, wow. Women. Yeah. Women. Yeah. And handicapped
1: people worked for two eight hour days. Holy crap. Stacking yeah. three tractor trailer loads. Oh, three, my God. Five foot tractor trailer loads stacking and stacking
2: yeah really? it was oh, how does that it, not get it you was, emotional it was so moving I mean just the sleeping the quality car. yeah wow
1: sleeping in a car with their
0: kids through the night and it was snowing all night mm-hmm. on and off and then got up and did it again yeah wow
2: I was the quality of human beings that I have had the privilege of getting to know in this journey is so humbling I, and that for me is such a gift. like you go into this fight thinking, okay, we gotta we really have to dive into this and you start strategizing and you put together the team. And I think we have an amazing executive team um, at, who've essentially become like family. but one of the things that I never thought about going into this was what a gift it is to us to be able to meet these human beings. I mean they are, Almost every person I have met in this journey, I cannot say enough good about these people because they are just really quality people.
0: Yeah. You know, it's a lot like going into a like a war experience. Mm-hmm. It really is where the, the stages are exactly the same,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you're going in and you know you're about to go into a fight um, and you're not even thinking about the... Other things, like what you just mentioned at first, you just understand you're about to go into a fight and what do I do to prepare myself the best. And then you meet people that are willing to go in the fight with you, your your military buddies and you become very close. And then you start seeing each other's, you know, differences and similarities and you learn how to accept both of them. And on top of that, when the war's over, you're like, you know, I went into it only about the war, but at the end of it. I'm just glad I met so many good people that are yeah. part of this same ideology that I am. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I think it's amazing. I know, like I said, you I heard your guys' Charlie Kirk interview and that guy's an absolute animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's great. He yeah. is like intellectual as it gets. His, he does a lot of gotcha moments. That's for damn sure. And, and they're <laughs> phenomenal. I, yeah. I get off on just watching them. I think they're amazing. But, um tell me about that i mean tell me about all the people you guys are meeting like i said candace owens all these people it's, it's ridiculous
2: yeah it's been it feels like a whirlwind sometimes I, I sit back and i go it's so crazy to think you know four months ago i i, I came from the very corporate structured world as an mm-hmm. executive and so you know to to have in the last four months all of this but we've had the privilege of meeting candace owens and charlie kirk uh one thing that i think is really exciting that's coming up i'll give you guys kind of a, a hot off the presses uh, yeah. notice on this so we're, we're working with a gentleman that is putting together something called america's grand jury mm-hmm. and we'll be filming march 14th through the 18th in nashville and essentially what's going to happen is we are we're they're going to assemble a grand jury and there will be actual legal experts. So, Parisa Fishback, who's our general counsel, will participate. Curtis Hill, who's the former AG of Indiana, uh, will participate, and a couple of others. And we're going to call um, expert witnesses. So, it will we, already, I believe, we have Dr. Aaron Cariotti, Dr. Pierre Corey. Um, I, I believe, and so don't quote me on this. So, I think what we've got Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough. And potentially Dr. Robert Malone and some others that wow. are of, of that like of, of that caliber, um, in terms of having been in this fight for so long, and uh, we're we're going to indict um, Dr. Fauci.
0: Oh wow! And it That's will, amazing. It, it will
2: be live streamed. And it will go across all kinds of platforms. So if the, and, you, and we know that there are platforms that are going to shut us down.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
2: And um, we'll, we'll show exactly where people can log on to platforms that won't shut it down. And it should be very interactive with the American public. And the goal is to essentially lay out all of this evidence. And it's real evidence. This is not... Um, Science, you know, it's not science fiction, no pun intended. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not fiction. It's not, you know, it's not courtroom drama. This is actual, real evidence that we will be presenting.
0: Yeah. I've seen a lot um, of it put forth by uh, like Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's just, it's ridiculous to me his, his comebacks to this. He's just mm-hmm. literally saying, you're lying. And you're like, that's all you got. Just right. you're lying. Like, uh, right. it's, it's bananas. I, I think that's why people respect what you guys are doing too, because. You guys aren't just being, like I said, the empty barrel getting hit and just and just saying freedom, freedom, freedom. You guys are actually taking steps to right. do this to go across. Because I, I know, I know a, a judge. I know I have a friend's dad who's a judge, and he has no hope. He's like, I'm my hands are tied. Like, yeah. and people think the judge is the most powerful person around mm-hmm. in, in your county, whatever. Yeah. And even they're like nervous about certain things going this. So the fact that you guys are doing that is very important. Um, it gives a lot of validity to what you guys are doing. And it gives us hope. It really does. The normal people are—we're so happy we have people like you. Seriously.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I feel like I'm just a normal person too. I think everyone's in this, right? I, we just—I I personally, um, you know, made a decision. I said, listen, I either have to get in this fight or I have to just resign myself to a total loss on this. And it's just not my personality. I, I went into it and said, I, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna sit idly by and let this happen. Um, I'm not gonna live in a world where. My daughter has to get vaccinated with it with something that could potentially kill her, right. so that she can just live in normal mainstream society. My my grandfather was a Marine in Guadalcanal. Damn. He was he was uh, injured in, in Guadalcanal. He survived. Uh, he came back. He was you know he was a decorated Marine. And you know I see this all over the you know Instagram. People t- you know holding up signs saying my grandfather didn't didn't live in a trench in World War II. Um, and survive so that we can actually have to have a passport just to go in and do th- normal things like go to a restaurant or go to s- go to school, right? Yeah. And so for me personally, I, I'm just, uh, and same with my husband, both of us are, we're not, it's just not in our personality to kind of sit idly by and allow this to happen. So I always say we're we're gonna win. I feel very confident that we're gonna win. And if we don't, we're gonna have a lot of, of I guess, a lot of friends that we're all Absolutely. Uh, interned with. Yeah. But I'm kidding, of course. I hope I'm kidding, but uh, but I do. I feel very. I do feel very confident. I think you're starting to see so much pushback, and I know mainstream media. They are um, masters at their craft in terms of spinning a narrative, masters. and ma- making people feel right as though they're alone. That this is not. This is not how most people feel, and and I think that it's starting to fall apart for them. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, we have, so as an executive team, we have conversations, as you can imagine, almost on an ongoing basis. Yeah.
0: Team meetings all the right? time.
2: I feel these are for sure are my, my family for the rest of my life. You know, these, these people that I've been in the trenches with, um, and we talk about all the time, like, what is the one strategy that's going to win? Right. I mean, what is that silver bullet? And I don't know that there is one strategy. I think it's by design that the the opposition has is inundating us and creating this environment of, of total chaos and it feels like we're fighting on all fronts whether it's and I I went into this saying like we're fighting especially for the for the pediatric population because it feels like the battlefield is in in the classroom. yeah and I think it is. but I think there's so many other battlefields and and that is by design. Um, and in, an intentional on their part. And so we have to look at it like like that. And, and interestingly enough, my husband and I were having this conversation this morning and I said, you, we, the Allied forces in World War II did not win by being myopic and saying, you know we have a really strong air game. Yeah, <laughs> so, so we're just gonna we're gonna have an air assault. There was an assault, a strategic coordinated assault by air, by ground, by water guerrilla tactics right and we have to do that as well and so for us we're you know we're always and and it feels sometimes exhausting but we have to approach it like that we have to look at this from a legal strategy we have to look at it from a grassroots we have to look at it from a public awareness standpoint absolutely um and and political standpoint right so all of these things kind of coming together i do think uh they are surprised and I say they, whoever they are, whether it's the the, the, the government, the yeah. opposition. I don't want to go too far down a conspiracy, you know, rabbit hole. But I think they're shocked at this point, um, and they're and they're probably very nervous because we are now starting to see traction.
0: As they should be. Yeah. Um, I, I see a lot of what's going on now. It's it's a it's a lot initially, like when um, pre Joe Rogan being as big as he is now. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking like 2015, 16, when he was already big as it gets. But the podcast itself, even though it was big, it wasn't what it is now. Mm -hmm. And when I would go to the comedy store and watch Joe Rogan or when I would just walk down the street and I saw someone with uh, the JRE shirt, Mm -hmm. people weren't into podcasts at that time. But when you saw someone, you were immediately their friend. You're like, oh, dude, you're you're a Joe Rogan guy. You're like, oh, my God, did you hear that last episode? And you instantly became friends. Now it's a different thing. But it's a lot like that now. With this, when you see someone have the same ideologies, it's like, dude, we're already friends.
2: Totally, it's you know? it's so true. Oh my gosh, we talk about this all the time. How, it's like this instant camaraderie. Yeah, like you're part of this this fraternity of of people that um, really understand what's happening in this country, and whether it's you know it was funny because we went into we were at Harbor Freight um, I don't know a, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and. I didn't have my mask on. My husband didn't have his mask on. And this guy, uh, you know, he's wearing kind of this, this military-style T-shirt, and he didn't have his mask on. And he looks at us, and he goes, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. It was like this moment, right, where these—I right. don't know who this guy is. He doesn't know who we are. But here, we have this commonality and this shared moment all of a sudden over yeah. really what this country stands for, right? right? Freedom
0: exactly and it's and i always think like you know hit them where it hurts their, their wallets you know i went to go to a korean barbecue house the other day and i walked in and they and they said no you can't come in without it or you can pay a dollar for a mask and i was like then you just lost all my money i was gonna pay like 50 bucks here um, like no problem i didn't even say anything i just said, oh no problem i left but yeah. in my head i was talking shit
2: I'm, but i just no. i
0: literally just left I said, oh no problem I left I, was like, I, I don't i want you guys to suffer financially now
2: right i am so glad that you said that because that's one of our things is, is our one of our strategies is just simply do not comply and nullify. And, and Paris would be so proud that I'm saying this because this is her. This is kind of her baby, one of her campaigns. Yeah. And the concept that, you know, by not complying, you nullify what they're doing. All Absolutely. of these laws. And it's very, you know, it seems like it, you're asking someone to do a lot. But it's a very simple thing. Like if every, not even if every, if we had 50% of the people that, and again, this is not partisan, but they typically tend to be more right-leaning. Mm-hmm. But even 50% of those people would just stop wearing a mask and stop getting vaccinated and stop supporting organizations that say that, that you have to do that. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. We would be changing everything that's happening in this country.
0: We mm-hmm. we actually we had a guy on, I'm sure you've heard of him, uh, King Randall. Uh-huh. We had him on the show. Yeah. Oh, nice. And it's really funny because... You know, he's doing something that's like I always say, I'm like, Dude, you're M L K too, man. You're doing the Lord's work. You're helping kids, um, gain an identity before they get into an adulthood and get some confidence and, and develop skills that they're gonna need later, especially in the trades, which is I think amazing. And he started to do his school and then all of a sudden the school board's coming after him saying you can't build your schools now because of this this and this mm-hmm. and i initially it had nothing to do with covid right it was just because oh well you don't have a licensing in the school board blah, 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 whatever excuse they can think of they're sure. afraid of the grassroots thing right. and then now they're bringing up the covid thing and i'm like i just i hope he succeeds i hope people like you succeed this is really important to the growth of america i, th- I mean it's changed so much since I was a kid, I'm not even, I'm 29 years old. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just unbelievable. I I think about the stories you just told about your grandparents and my, my grandma's tell stories about how like my grandpa would come home with like eight kids and they would just share a bag of flour. Yeah. That's how they made food. Like, all right, you do this. Everyone's making tortillas and this is what it was, but it's not a victim story. It's like a story of like pride. Like that's where we come from. That's the hard work we have. And I think that's the most important thing with you guys is when it comes to strategizing against the opposition or whatever, um, they like to attack you first Mm -hmm. and then as soon as you bite back they claim victim sure hey why are you being why are you doing this you're like dude because you're taking away my freedoms. that's Mm why right and and a lot of times they can do the whole see they're the crazy ones you're like no we're gonna we're gonna maintain our mission we're gonna retain our values and our ethics and we're not gonna be you know we're not gonna play politics in this game you guys are you can do as much as you want but i think people are seeking the truth more in today's society than ever and it's it's so damn refreshing
2: yeah, I mean, we, I don't know, for me personally, as I'm going about my day, whether I'm in a store or something, and someone comes up and says, you need to be having a mask, don't you understand that? And I mm-hmm. and I take the approach of, can I have a conversation with you? I'd, right. lo- I'd love to understand why you feel this way. Just logically, I look at it and I say, if you're so afraid that you're walking down the street outside with a mask on, I have to start questioning um, where that's coming from, because based on that logic, if you were that afraid, you should certainly never get into a car again. You should probably never go around a swimming pool because you have a greater chance of dying mm-hmm. through drowning. You should probably never go outside in a, in a rainstorm because you could have a greater chance of dying by lightning. I mean, right. there's any number of things, right? So so, so I have to, I, I'm always fascinated, like, and I want to have a conversation to see if I can connect kind of one human being to another, to really understand where it's coming from and help guide them. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't always, it's not always successful, those conversations. <laughs> but you know what?
0: I'm glad you even are trying. I, I'm the worst. I'm like an old school Italian dude where I'm just like talking <laughs> shit and I get myself in trouble. But I even have a bit on stage I do about how, like, you know who didn't die from COVID? Ozzy Osbourne. He ate a bat. He ain't worried about no fucking COVID, all right? This, is, right. this is nothing. That's it's a right. joke, but it's funny because, well, like, um
2: at the risk of getting myself in a little bit of trouble, I'll tell you a story. I was actually in an airport and you know, I'd flown, I was exhausted, and and this is one of the times that the conversation did not go as successfully. And mm-hmm. you know, this person started yelling at me saying, Ah, oh, you to have a mask on. And I said, You know, there's really no efficacy. I mean, it started off nice and, mm-hmm. and he said, Yeah, I know, but but it's the rules. And I stopped and I said, Hold on. So you're one of those people that you just you always follow the rules without question. And yes, that's what I do. And I said, well, if someone told you that the rule was that you had to hold a hot piling steam of shit, <laughs> would you hold a hot piling steam of shit in your hand? Right. You know, I said cuz I can go to the restroom and we can we can get we can make that happen. <laughs> you know, of course it did It's the rule. It, right. It didn't go well, but it was just I was so frustrated because it's like all of a sudden people have lost their ability to critically think, yes. to question anything, and it's just follow whatever is whatever you are told to do. Right. And it's shocking to me because that is so not in concert with the American spirit.
0: The the hubris and the arrogance of people who aren't willing to do anything is the most surprising thing to me. Yeah. I, I think like the the decision you made earlier you mentioned where you go, I either said I leave by or I do something. Um I respect the people that are doing something now if i choose to sit idly by i'm gonna shut my fucking mouth i'm not gonna talk shit about nobody because i don't earn i didn't earn the right right i just i don't it's about anything though that's about like a sport i don't know i'm not gonna talk about it i don't even know what's happening in this game i'm just gonna sit down and watch and just see what happens but the arrogance coming from people that aren't doing anything who aren't making any efforts who aren't critically thinking who aren't reading books who aren't listening to dr malone or peter mccullough and they're still the, the loudest ones again. Right. Empty barrel.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting to me too because some of the people that are actually very vocal, um, they have they're very opinionated. I always say, well, tell me how you how how are you getting informed? Like, how are you making your decisions? Right. It's fascinating to me, and most oftentimes people, you, you're you're able to kind of distill through what they're saying, right, and get to the the fact that their information is oftentimes maybe a CNN anchor or something like that, and I say, do you trust that form of information more than like a Dr. Peter McCullough or a Dr. Robert Malone? Right, long I mean,
0: form conversation. Right,
2: and and I cite them because they're different than most medical um, professionals, right? these We're talking about doctors that have been on the front line. Dr. Pierre Corey, as an example. This guy has been on the front lines, worked in New York, like at ground zero, right, of what was going on with COVID. Was successfully treating patients, seeing what's happening. Was successfully treating them with these early protocols. And for for I don't know if you know, but Dr. Pierre Corey is also the president of the FLCCC. Are you familiar with that? No, no, no. Do you know FLCCC? No, I don't. They are a phenomenal organization. I'm gonna hook you up with um, Pierre Corey. And okay, great. He would be a great interview. Um, but they do a lot of a lot of work with the early treatment protocol, and I mean, so so I would. I'm more interested in using those types of uh, resources in order to form my opinion on how to how to look at what's going on with COVID and how to understand what's the, the most successful course of action than, you know, uh, Anderson Cooper.
0: Absolutely. Or just, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, everyone on CNN, not to bring them up too much, but I mean, like, half of them are already getting fired left and right. Jesus right. And like a... I mean, there's books on Fauci for how sketchy he's been since, like, the 90s. Oh. Well, you know what? You know? What? Like, Jesus
2: Christ. So think about the—what is it? Um, the real the real Anthony Fauci or whatever yeah. it is from Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. You know, Priesa and I talk about this all the time. It's interesting. that Have you read that book? I have not. Uh, just the first chapter of that book is unbelievable. I mean, I, I have some extra copies, so I'll bring one to you. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, but th- the, the first chapter of that book lays out in detail— um, What's happened and why this is so horrific under Dr. Fauci and under his control, and we always say, well, it's interesting because if it were, if if this book weren't true, why are we not seeing lawsuits? Yeah, right. Because you can't argue against the truth. So I'll get you a copy. It's fascinating, though. Oh. And, I, and I highly recommend everyone to, uh, you know, even just the first chapter. It's it's incredible.
0: I'm excited. I You know, I wasn't a reader when I was a kid, but now I am. And McCullough sent me like four or five books. And I was like, so all right, Doc, I'll, I'll get on it. <laughs> but if you're talking to a kid who went to East L.A. College, man, you know, I'll do my best. But, you know, and then we get interviews with people and have to read their biographies where I bring them on and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I'm. I'm very happy to have you guys in here today. I'm very happy for what you guys are doing. I respect it so much. It's more than I could even picture myself doing. Um, and that's why I respect it so much. You know, I think I think it's amazing. I think people are gonna get behind it more than more than you can even imagine now. I think it's already shocked you guys how much people are behind yeah. it, and it's gonna get even bigger. It which is. is incredible.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, of course. This is fun.
0: Yeah, I know, this is a great time. Um, where can people find you guys and your links? and uh all that good stuff so they can get behind this yeah
2: so uh go to www.unityproject.com that's unityproject.com and then on instagram it's theunityproject.com. or excuse me the unity project and um you have to actually type out the unity project because oh, we're, yeah, sh- they- we're shadow band <laughs> so um it's uh so so yeah look at look us up and and get on our mailing list and people can actually get involved in a lot of our calls to action and our strategies. And we do webinars weekly with a lot of our, the strategic advisory council, as well as our board members. And like, like right now, we're going to start doing some live streaming with, with some of the, the uh, truckers on the, on the people's convoy. So any, any resources, uh, people are interested in seeing past webinars. They're all posted there. And we, and like I said, we have a really, really good, I think, toolkit, which will help parents in particular, Um, go and speak to the school board, all kinds of resources. And we're also putting together resources for for parents that are going through a divorce um, because we get calls all the time, people saying, hey, can we have – One of the doctors that's associated with your strategic advisory council or your board, can they come and testify? And unfortunately, you know these these, you know women and gentlemen excuse me gentlemen and women are only one person. They can't be in every family court matter across the United States. Right. Yeah. We said how can how can we offer some help? So there is a lot I think of exciting uh, information if you wanna if you wanna learn. We're also we have uh, like did you know sheets. So if someone's trying to have a conversation with their family or their friends and they're they're struggling with how can they have the conversation there's like these these really quick did you know uh, fact sheets and we actually cite and we'll have qr codes so we actually cite cdc information right it's not again it's not just the the unity project information um, it's it's directly coming from some some really credible uh sources
0: wow well yeah. on behalf of Americans who are grateful to be American we really appreciate people like you and don't worry I'll be shadow banned after this episode too (laughs) I'm sure you will (laughs) it is what it is anyways uh, thanks again for coming in I appreciate it
2: absolutely thanks for having me
0: awesome this is Alternate Take we'll see you guys later peace (laughs) and there it is ladies and gentlemen our interview with the CEO of the Unity Project Laura Sextro thanks a lot for coming on the show Laura it was a hell of a time for me I was very honored by the opportunity. You brought so much information to the table. I know I walked away a lot more informed on the situation. I'm definitely inspired by the Truckers Convoy 2022. I'm inspired by everything you guys are doing. And I honestly believe that most Americans are. This is, like I said, this is not a partisan issue by any means. It's definitely nonpartisan, bipartisan, whatever way you want to frame it. And I think... The morality that you guys are coming with to the table where you guys are definitely representing parents over government I think it's an amazing thing and I I can't thank you enough for your time thank you so much for coming on you have anything to say JB
1: yeah thank you Laura honestly it's it's crazy like the connections and people we've met throughout this and to get you know in in front of Laura and to have her speak on, on with the Unity Project and everything they're doing I just respect you guys so much and we might get shadow banned or we might get uh canceled all together with uh McCullough and now uh, her and, and the people we're probably gonna have on but uh it's worth it screw it you know fight the good fight and i support you guys appreciate you
0: absolutely couldn't send it better this is alternate take we thank you guys for tuning in check out our instagram at alternate take dr and our tiktok at alternate Take dr and uh that's it we love you guys and peace out appreciate it.